Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Podcast. This is 1085B. The Bs are always guests, and we have two great guests lined up for you today in a sensational segment. This is one of my favorite topics, if you will, how oral health affects the rest of the body and how you can change it. Um, and before I get to that, I should tell you, we are brought to you by Life's First Naturals, the makers of, or the producers of both bovine colostrum tablets and True Biotics, the probiotic. Um, both of those have randomized controlled trials and studies that they improve gut health and for TrueBiotics immune health as well. For bovine colostrum tablets, two grams a day is what has been shown in randomized controlled trials to decrease the leaky gut syndrome from non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, from extreme exercise as soccer players did in the Italian Soccer League, and from, um, if you will, other um, infections um, that people get. So bovine colostrum, think about it for at lifesfirstnaturals.com. Let's go now to our guests. And this is a section I'm looking forward to because the title is Researchers Reveal How Oral Bacteria Suppress Protection Against Viral Growth. What that implies is that something in your normal cells, in your normal mouth, suppresses viral infection, and that not flossing, not protecting your oral cavity, and maybe it is flossing, maybe it's other things, we'll learn from Richard Lamont. He's professor and chair at the University of Louisville, Department of Oral Immunology and Infectious Disease. He is a dentist, um, and I guess a dental, um, a dentist dentist, and Julie, and I may be pronouncing her name wrong, and I hope she'll forgive me, uh, Bagatakar, um, who is an associate professor of pediatrics at the Wexler Research Institute of National Children's Hospital in the Ohio State University College of Medicine Um, in Columbus, in our own state of Ohio. You, of course, guys know, our listeners know, that I uh, have um, actually, Oprah and I shared an award when I told Oprah that she had to floss more on her TV show. And uh, at that point, it was um, not as many people floss, but we got an award from uh, the American Dental Uh, Association for increasing the floss rates, but it's still less than a third of all Americans, more women than men floss, um, but less than a third. And uh, we did that, um, and I have spoken for um, the Delta Dental as well. Um, So I have a keen um, love of this subject. Tell us what you found. 
So we've, we've been looking at um, the uh, at protection, as you mentioned, we've been looking at the protection in the oral cavity against uh, viral infections. And as you know, a lot of viruses gain entry into the body uh, through the oral cavity. Uh, COVID obviously being one of the, the more recent ones is, is on everybody's mind. And, and like you said, um, the body will normally produce antiviral agents, these interferons, produces these interferons that are antiviral. And in particular, at mucosal surfaces, such as in the oral cavity, there's a special type of interferon, interferon lambda, which will protect against virus infection without causing collateral damage. So it's very important to maintain the health um, of, the, of the mucosal surface while still providing antiviral activity. Then some of the bacteria that will accumulate when oral hygiene decreases and, and, and people don't floss, as, as, as you mentioned, some of these bacteria that, that will start to accumulate during poor oral health uh, are very effective at suppressing this, this antiviral immunity. They will downregulate production of these interferons, and they will alter the surface of the cells to prevent interferons produced by other cells from being able to activate antiviral immunity. So it's a very effective paralysis. So let me get to what is an interferon and it sounds like it interferes with a virus attaching to a cell. Um, is that any place near correct? Uh, yes, actually, you got that quite right. It is uh, something that uh, does three things, actually. First, it enhances, uh, it is something that is secreted by cells when they sense a viral infection. And it does three things in the sense it primes a cell to, to not be permissive for that viral to, virus to bind and enter. And in case it bypasses that system and gets inside the cell, the, that particular cytokine um, it, it cause, uh, upregulates the expression of multiple antiviral genes and basically enhances tells and warns not just the cell, but its neighbors and other immune cells to get there that, hey, something's wrong. And it's one of the main things that you need because of its uh, combinatorial action to actually fight viral infection. So one of the things that I take it you have found is that the bacteria, um, we all have bacteria in our mouths. Is that correct? Yeah, yes, that's correct. The, the oral microbiome is, is very complex and, and very diverse. I mean, not, not quite in the same level as the GI tract, but, but still a large number of organisms, a large diversity of organisms. And most of the time in most people, this is a healthy situation. Most of the time in most people have a healthy gum, a healthy gingiva, with a mild inflammatory response in, in, uh, uh, caused and induced by, by this oral microbiome. But when we get colonization by, by bad actors, uh, that's when the oral microbiome can transition from from a homeostatic or, or healthy situation to a more diseased situation. And these organisms are pathogenic both uh, for gum disease, so they'll start to cause destruction of the gum tissue. But what we're finding is that even in low levels, uh, at levels where you may not see any damage to, to the gingiva, so your oral health uh, in terms of your, of your teeth and your gums might be fine, but it's already starting to suppress your antiviral immunity and, and making you more susceptible to viral infections. And why does this bacteria, so it's a specific bacteria or group of bacteria that do this and also um, infect the gums, or, 
Will any bacteria that infects the gums do it? No, no, that's a really good question. And it turns out among the organisms we've looked at, and, and you know, there's probably over 700 that, that can colonize oral cavities, so we haven't looked at all 700. But of the subset that we have looked at, it's only this one specific organism called Porphyrmonas gingivalis that has this capability uh, of turning off this, uh, this interferon production and paralyzing the cells, preventing them from, from responding. And that's something that we're, we're interested in, in pursuing further is what advantage does the bacteria gain from this activity? And it may be that in addition to suppressing and constraining viral replication, some of the properties of the interferons might also constrain and prevent bacterial replication. Uh, so by turning off the system, the bacteria uh, might facilitate their own survival uh, within the oral gum uh, tissues. What, why? So what can one do other than prevent it or flossing and preventing is it is it preventing periodontal disease are there any easy ways of getting rid of this specific bacteria without um, destroying the the floor of your mouth in other words people will say is there an antibacterial mouthwash i can take is there you know people use coreseptic is there a um if you will, an alcohol gargle. Is there something else I can do to get rid of this specific bacteria and preserve my chances of not having the viral infection? Well, fortunately, it's, it's really quite simple. You just, uh, you know, uh, brush your teeth and floss. As, as you mentioned, if more people floss more regularly, this would be a lot less of a problem. So just maintaining good oral hygiene is really all you need to do. And if, if, by chance, you're unable to maintain good oral hygiene, and you do get this buildup of, of bad bacteria. Regular visits to the dentist for a professional profi, professional cleaning, will keep those things under control. So no particular additional measures are required. Mouthwashes, mouth rinses are, will be helpful, but, but are not essential. Uh, so just regular oral hygiene is pretty much all that's needed. Now, many people, I understand, have... Uh, gingivitis and periodontal disease. What percent of Americans have that? Well, probably a, a very high percent have, have some form of, of gingivitis or, or mild disease, probably over half. And you, you know yourself, if you brush your teeth and, and you spit into the, into the sink and it's pink, you know, there's blood in there, that's, that's gingivitis, you know, bleeding on, on, on mild stimulation of the gum. And that, that's really very common, and it's usually self-correcting and self-limiting uh, once you remove the bacteria that are starting to irritate the gum tissue. Serious periodontal disease is when you start to permanently lose tissue. So you start to lose gum structure, you lose the bone that supports the tooth, the alveolar bone, you lose the periodontal ligament that helps support the tooth. And those kinds of, of um, uh, manifestations of the disease are irreversible, uh, and the percentage of, of people that have that, it's, it's still higher than we'd like, but, but uh, less than the, uh, than the majority that have some form of disease, you know, part of the time. We've often said on the program that in addition to flossing and uh, brushing with some regularity, meaning at least uh, twice a day brushing and flossing once a day, that they should see a dental professional every four months for... Yeah, no, you're right. They should uh, see them every four, between four to six months. You know, as as 
probably recommended by most dental hygienists and uh, as dentists. But, you know, within that, like, regular regular cleanings within that span, in comp- as well as the routine, as uh, Dr. Lamont described earlier, would both be really essential, not only in limiting the, the pathogens, but also kind of promoting the growth of the the good guys, like the commensals, that one of the jobs that they do is restrict the growth of uh, PG, uh, Porcumanus gingivalis, and other periodontal pathogens as well. Now, there, there's two questions that arise from that. My dentist uh, always said, um, only floss the teeth you want to keep, and it wasn't enough for me. Um, until I realized that it correlated with heart disease, stroke, dementia, type 2 diabetes, and probably cancer as well. And that's when I kind of got religion, but it was whatever it was, 40 years into my uh, existence um, before uh, I had the motivation to floss regularly. What can we do to, to get people to floss more? Yes, that's, that, that's a very good question, and, and I think the, the things that you mentioned that, that caused you to have your, your, your come-to-religion moment are, are, are the things that, that we need to do a better job of publicizing so, so other people realize the, the full implications. And it, It's not just you know, having your teeth look good or not having bad breath. If maintaining good oral hygiene has, has important implications for maintaining systemic health and general health, and just, you know, better education at a, at a younger age uh, to help people understand the importance is, is, is probably some of the, the best approaches we could take. Um, the second question is, how does this relate to COVID-19, which seems to attract at least the nasal areas of the body? Does, does this bacteria not only affect the gums, but, but make us more vulnerable elsewhere? Or, or how did you have, how does this relate to COVID-19, if at all? So that's a great question. Actually, two, two things. First, it's been recently recognized that besides the nasal passages, the oral cavity and the cells therein are permissive for um, having COVID. Um, the one is that. Second, it's very common to have aspirations from your oral fluids like saliva into the lung, you know, either uh, forced or under different conditions during cough. Or So it's very common for stuff in your mouth to end up and colonize lungs or at least the upper nasal passages. Our studies, initially when we started looking at it, we've, we tested a bunch of viruses as well and Within that, we also have some preliminary data on not COVID, but some of the endemic coronavirus strains. And we did find, at least in our in vitro studies, that in, when the bacteria are present on, around the epithelial cells, co, uh, this endemic strain of coronavirus, as well as some of the herpes viruses, replicated much, much more compared to a healthy cell line. So... The studies are highly relevant in that context, and a very recent report that actually um, uh, Dr. Lamont pointed out earlier shows that in periodontitis patients, the incidence of dying from COVID was almost eight times more. This is a new study that was recently published from a Canadian group of researchers. So an eightfold increase in COVID death rate if you had periodontitis. That is correct. 
that's that's pretty astonishing that increase the second component is we've wondered why it affects some countries much more than others and and we've thought maybe it's statistics or maybe it's something else but is the united states um because of our diet or something else have much higher incidence of periodontitis than other countries such as Canada or such as France or such as um, some uh, Japan? I don't think there, there are huge differences uh, among developed countries. I mean, there'll, there'll be a lot of differences between countries that, you know, where the healthcare system varies a lot. Uh, but in, in countries where there's, there's a well-developed healthcare system and people you know, get to the dentist at regular intervals, uh, the incidence of the disease is probably quite similar. Uh, in places where there's, the healthcare system is, is not as good, it, it's going to be higher. But then people there are, you know, often have more serious infections to, to worry about. So you know, there'd be a differences in, in reporting between those countries as well. And so the true incidence really, really isn't, isn't known in, in, in those in, in countries you know, where, the, where the healthcare system and the reporting system isn't as good. So we need a camera above everyone's, on everyone's toothbrush to see if they've um, got some pink there, right? Um, in any case, I want to thank uh, you so much. This is incredibly interesting. Um, the take-home message, of course, is to continue to brush and floss, as that's important for preventing viral infections as well. We've been talking with... Dr. Lamont, Richard Lamont, from, who's a professor and chair of the University of Louisville Department of Oral Immunology and Infectious Disease, and Jui Bagot-Takar, um, who is associate professor of pediatrics at the Center for Microbial Pathogenesis at the Wexner, it's the Abigail Wexner Research Institute at National Children's Hospital and the Ohio State University College of Medicine. Um, is there a website or two websites for us to uh, send people to for more information? Yeah, they can certainly go to our university websites and, and, and search for our names and they'll, they'll find the, the information there. So I should say that Dr. Uh, Bagatar's um, uh, spelling is B-A-G-A-I-T-K-A-R, and Dr. Lamont is L-A-M-O-N-T. He's at the University of Louisville, and she is at the Abigail Wexner Research Institute at National Children's Hospital in Columbus. Um, you've been listening to You, the Owner's Manual radio podcast on at Radio MD or iHeart or wherever you download us from. Thank you for doing that. Um, we've, as usual, are sponsored by lifesfirstnaturals.com, the makers of or producers of True Biotics. Thanks very much. Nothing you can do after listening to this is as important as flossing and brushing regularly um, and seeing a dental professional every four months. Thanks, Dr. Lamont and Dr. Bagatar. And I may have mispronounced the name again, but in any case, thank you very much, and thank you for downloading us. Listen to the A segment, 1085A, a great news of the week because of the simple information that, like flossing, will help you live younger for longer. 
Thanks, Caitlin, for engineering. We'll be back next week.